Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Noah Weisberg, the co-founder and CEO of Kira Systems, a leading AI-powered contract analysis software company, and the co-author with Dr. Alexander Hudek of AI for Lawyers, How Artificial Intelligence is Adding Value, Amplifying Expertise, and Transforming Careers, published by Wiley. Hi, Noah. How are you? Hey, Ari. Good to talk. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Kira Systems. I was a mergers and acquisitions lawyer at Well Gottschall in New York and spent a lot of time on that job just thinking about the idea that so much of the work that I was doing and as I got more senior and supervising seemed like I shouldn't be doing it. It was highly repetitive. Junior associates weren't that good at it. Clients were spending a ton of money on it and hated spending a ton of money on it. it. Took a ton of time to do the work. And this was all at $300 or $350 an hour. That seemed very unsustainable to me and also not that much fun. Even though I really liked a lot of aspects of the job, eventually in 2010, I quit. I spent a lot of time sitting and thinking about just this problem that there was just all this wasted time and effort. And it seemed like an opportunity to me. And I started thinking about a few different business ideas and they didn't seem great. Then I started thinking about contracts and I realized that they fit the theory of what was wrong very well. That people spent huge amounts of time reviewing contracts, that even at the world's best firms, lots of people made mistakes at that work, but that they were often looking for the same things over and over again when they reviewed contracts and thought there was an opportunity to build software to help people do that work better, but knew that it was not an easy technical thing. So I got together with my co-founder, Dr. Alexander Hudek, and Alex has a PhD in computer science from the University of Waterloo, which is like the MIT of Canada, for lack of a better way to describe it. We thought from talking with Alex and other guys with CompSci PhDs from Waterloo, that it was a four-month problem to harness the -the state-of-the-art in machine learning and apply it to our problem. So this is back in January, 2011. We thought it might take six months to raise money, plus four months to build the software, or just four months to build the software. And so we're like, "Eh, let's just go build the software. So that's what we did. We set to work. And after six months, we realized that it was not so easy to build the software, that actually it did not work the way that we thought it would. It was pretty inaccurate and that the state of the art was not going to be good enough for what we needed to do. At that point, we had a problem. Our software didn't work and we didn't think we had any chance of raising money at that point because by then we thought it could take maybe as much as 10 years to get it to work well. So we just kept working away. And after about two and a half total years, so by the time you get to mid-2013, our software was working pretty well to the point that now our customers tell us they're reviewing contracts in 20 to 90% less time using the software and they're doing it with the same or even better accuracy. But back in 2013, we had a second problem, which is that no one had ever paid us money. So even though we'd solved the technical problem well enough, we didn't have anyone who was giving us money for it. And we thought that would be a pretty hard fundraising pitch. So we just kept working away, trying to get people to pay us money. And eventually they did. We started growing. But first we got a little bit of revenue. We were sporadically (laughs) paying our bills with customer revenue. But 
around summer 2014, things changed. And we went from being a four-person company that summer to eight people by the end of the year to 35 people by the end of 2016, all off of customer revenue. Then the same thing over 2017. And by summer 2018, we were over 100 people. At that point, we decided to take in some outside capital for the first time. We took a minority investment from Insight Venture Partners, and we've just continued to grow since then. We now also have done really well in terms of getting adoption. So a majority of the world's largest law firms use Kira to pull data out of contracts, do due diligence contract review, real estate contract review faster and more accurately. We also have audit firms that use us and corporates as well. To what do you attribute the company's growth over the past decade, particularly from the tipping points that you described? I've had a great team and great clients who've really helped push us to be better. It's definitely not something you do on your own. Part of the growth is we fill a need. This really is an area that's important and can be done better. Firms that aren't doing diligence, using software to help them, are just doing it wrong. You literally can't do diligence right without the software, I don't think. We've also done a really nice job of just being software that works well for that use case. In the M&A use case, for example, I used to be a mergers and acquisitions lawyer, and I think there's a lot of us in the business that were also practiced, and I think we just bring that idea of what really matters in the software. The final thing is focus. This is what we do. We really try to be really excellent at a narrow set of things. And by keeping our focus relatively narrow and on stuff that we can do, we actually hope that we provide good products in those areas. What inspired you and Dr. Hudek to write AI for Lawyers? The thing that we were thinking about with AI for Lawyers is it's not a detailed accounting of where we're at with AI. What we were trying to do with AI for Lawyers was get lawyers excited about AI and have them understand what's going on out there. That like it or not, AI is part of law practice today, and it's going to be a bigger part in the future. So that's piece number one. Number two, that that can be a really good thing for you as a lawyer or a bad thing, but it's something where you don't have the choice whether or not to engage with it. But what we tried to do is just make it something where hopefully people who come out of the book realize that AI presents a lot of opportunities for them if they seize them. Are lawyers practically embracing AI? Some are. Contract analysis is definitely an area where 18 of the top 25 M&A league table firms use the software. Some firms that are subscribers use it on nearly every deal but I think it is very much trending towards the spot where it's as ubiquitous as a virtual data room or as redlining software, which both once upon a time were used some of the time and now are used all the time. Another area where AI is heavily used is around e-discovery. If there's a large litigation matter, you're probably using an e-discovery system and it's probably irresponsible not to use an e-discovery system that is AI powered. Another area where people have been using AI for years and years and years is around legal research. When you type queries in, or maybe just upload a brief that you're looking to respond to, there's AI software that powers getting you relevant cases in those situations. We also see AI around expert systems, which are in use in some places, not as much in others. We're starting to see it around legal prediction, especially around litigation. So AI is being used very heavily already, but it's not something that's ubiquitous in many cases in law yet outside of legal research. But I think it's clearly trending towards that point. Given the array of uses, should legal professionals fear AI? 
I think they should fear it, but I don't think it has to be a bad thing for them. AI is definitely changing what activities legal professionals need to do. And if they're not conscious and lightly fearful of it, then that could work out really badly for them. It just doesn't make much sense to try to do something without AI that you could be doing with AI. So if you just blindly continue on your way and don't pay attention to that, you may be delivering your clients worse quality work product for more money. And that's a hard pitch and arguably a dereliction of your professional responsibilities. There's a really optimistic story. And this goes back again to why we wrote the book, which is that AI can be great for lawyers if they seize the opportunity with it. One thing that I like to think about is just that there's so much latent legal work that's not being done. And so you see that with the access to justice crisis, where there's something like 75% of all legal needs in America go unmet. That's a function of people not being able to provide value in those situations that a customer is willing to pay for. And in many of those cases, the customer can't afford to pay for it at the rates that they're at right now. But one of the things that AI can do is unlock the ability to deliver services significantly cheaper. That can unlock new markets. But for me, as someone who is more focused on the kind of high end of the market, there are tons of projects that places like Bank of America or Google don't do because it's just too expensive, not packaged up correctly to do. And if lawyers were able to come at them with a better value proposition, they might be able to see some of this work. The example that I like to think about is just around due diligence. So if you're helping buy a company for $400 million, say, typically you're going to do somewhere from 70 to 500 contracts reviewed in the due diligence phase of that acquisition. Now, a company that's getting bought for $400 million might have 500 contracts, but it's equally likely to have 5,000 or 10,000 contracts. And so you're reviewing a 5% sample, a 10% sample of all the agreements. Why? It's basically because your client doesn't feel like having you pay to do 100%. So you do this small percent. And what theoretically happens is you review the material contracts, the contracts that are generally the high dollar value contracts. Also, lawyers would like to think they're reviewing the contracts that say something sketchy. It's pretty easy to pick out the high dollar value contracts. Someone from the business tells you which ones they are. But the ones that say something sketchy are a lot harder to find unless you actually read the contracts. Unless someone at the business remembers that there's something sketchy in those contracts, you may never happen across them. That means your client could miss something really big, a buried exclusivity clause that brings in affiliates, which could be an utter disaster if a strategic is the acquirer, but could even be problematic in the case of private equity acquirer. And lawyers never find that stuff today because they don't have a value proposition where they can go to clients and say, hey, we can do this bigger review for you and we can do it for a price that you can afford. People who embrace AI have the opportunity to make that type of pitch. And lawyers who don't just are really leaving all this work undone because they're not being creative about doing things differently than they once did. In the book, you talk about transforming careers. Are there new opportunities that you see for lawyers and AI? Oh, completely. And some of them are even on our team. One of the great micro opportunities, there are new jobs being created around AI. So for example, in the Cure Systems team, we have lawyers who teach our software to find new information. And we call these people legal knowledge engineers. They're taking what they know about an area like mergers and acquisitions or real estate or banking law, and they're teaching the software to know things that they know. So that then when future lawyers at 
one of our subscriber firms are doing this work, they'll have the benefit of what our teams taught the software. But I think there's something broader with transforming careers. And that's that the lawyer business model right now is centered on people getting paid for doing specific pieces of work. That's not the best business model. So if you think about music, it's a really good analogy. So 130, 140 years ago, if I felt like listening to music tonight, I pretty much would have had to either get my wife to play the flute. You know, one of my sons has a beautiful singing voice. We could maybe put on some Waysburg family concert. And then along came recorded music. And that recorded music was good for me as a consumer, because tonight I can go and listen to whatever I feel like and just have that at the push of a button. But it's also really good for the artists. They get to make money while they're sitting on the beach in Antigua. That's not really the way it plays out in law. In law, if you're getting paid for something, it's because you're actually doing the work. You have to do the work to get paid. So what AI offers the opportunity to do is to teach a piece of software their expertise and then have it advise in individual situations where they don't have to be involved themselves. For example, in the early days of Kira, I spent weeks and months, years teaching the software to learn how to spot assignment and change of control and exclusivity clauses. And what it means is that today there are associates at some of the world's best firms who could use that knowledge and they could be doing it while I'm asleep. So it's like having a song personalized for you. With AI, you kind of have that possibility that opens up really interesting career and revenue possibilities for lawyers to essentially make money without doing work at any given moment. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Noah Weisberg, the co-founder and CEO of Kira Systems, a leading AI-powered contract analysis software company and the co-author with Dr. Alexander Hudek of AI for Lawyers, how artificial intelligence is adding value, amplifying experience, and transforming careers, published by Wiley. Noah, congratulations on the publication of your book, and thanks so very much. Thanks for having me, Ari. Always fun to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.